0: On Wednesday afternoon, if the parish has your email address, or if you checked our website, or if you saw my blog, or if you happened to catch one of the various Facebooks for the parish, you saw that we found out who in June is going to be our new parochial vicar. His name now is Deacon Anthony Simone, and he will be ordained on the 19th. He will become Father Simone. We do not yet know where Father Leonard is going, uh, but those who are about to be ordained know where they are going. We were called into the bishop's office and we were all, all the newly ordained were on one side of the room and all the new pastors were on the other side of the room and the Bishop Thomas stood up with envelopes and he would go, you know, uh, Deacon Simone. You are going to St. Sebastian in Akron. And then we get to meet each other for the first time and shake hands. I remember back when this happened to me when I was ordained, it was Bishop Pilla at the time and we were sitting in his parlor and everybody, everybody thought I was going to St. Clair. It was, it was a done deal. And so I even went to go visit St. Clair and go, oh, this is where I'm going to be. And he says, Father, yeah, Father Valenchek you are going to St. Ambrose in Brunswick. I just went, oh, because you don't have a clue, do you? I went, no, (laughs) I don't even know where Brunswick is. (laughs) So uh, St. Ambrose is a very large parish. It's about three times the size of this parish. And after I was there for a few weeks, a man named Fred came up to me and said, you need to get out of here. I'm taking you golfing. I went, okay. Now, I knew a lot about golf. My family used to help with a a few golf tournaments, Slovene Open, SNPJ. I had my own clubs and a rough idea which club to use when. I knew how to drive a cart. I watched it a lot on TV. I knew the rules. But I had never ever, with the single exception of going to a putt-putt golf course, put club to ball. So I called up a friend of mine and I say, I have a problem. I'm going golfing with somebody in the parish. I need you to come over and teach me how to golf real quick. (laughs) So he came over, and I don't know why, but it turned out to be during a a heavily attended mass at the parish and we were in the backfield. And we made, thinking back on it, this was perhaps the least intelligent thing we could have done we were, there was a giant steel barn on the property and we were hitting the balls into the barn and they would ricochet back at us. It was not very intelligent. But one time I really got a hold of it and sent it way up over the barn and it was coming down, the ball, into the full parking lot. And I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit was with us. It hit the ground, went back up, hit the ground, just dodged every car in the parking lot. It was miraculous. Now, needless to say, I did not learn how to pay golf in an hour lesson. But I knew a lot about golf. I did not know golf. I knew about golf. I did not know golf. The disciples on the way to Emmaus today, they knew an awful lot about Christ. They were spotting all kinds of facts and what was supposed to happen. But even in Jesus' very presence, they did not recognize him. How did they finally recognize him? Well, Saint Augustine says that it was in the breaking of the bread, that he was celebrating mass with them. And in the grace of the sacrament, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. This is probably the most popular stance. Others would say, however, that it was recognizing something that Jesus always did in the breaking of the bread. This was a habit that they suddenly recognized and went, this is Jesus. Others say that it was at this point, perhaps, as he was breaking the bread, that they noticed the wounds in his hands and were like, oh, it must be him. I don't think it, perhaps, was any one of these. Maybe it was a combination of all of these, a combination of all of these along with what they were doing from the very beginning. They were talking with Jesus. Even if they didn't realize it, they were talking with Jesus. Another word we have for it today, although it carries a lot of baggage with it, is prayer. Prayer, talking with Jesus. After their experience, after Jesus had left them, they engaged in what we call today mystagogia, that is recalling the mystery. Almost like spiritual direction, right? They talked about what they experienced and what it meant. This, then, led them back to the community. It led them back to the church. It led them back to the disciples, the apostles. It is an interesting story, and the reason that it falls on the third weekend after Easter is because it's still important for us today. For what was going on in their lives when this happened? Jesus had been crucified and buried. Their leader was dead. The group was persecuted and in danger of disbanding. The whole thing that they had worked on, everything that they had imagined, everything that they were hoping for, looked on the verge of collapse. As we hear them explain to Jesus, they didn't leave town for three days. Maybe they were waiting around to see what was going to happen on that third day. And then when Jesus didn't rise up triumphantly and and conquer the world, they're like, let's pack our bags and get out of here as quickly as possible and before the same thing happens to us. So they doubted, they doubted their faith in God. They doubted their faith. They were alone, they were confused. Maybe they were a little sore or angry or disappointed. I would imagine they felt just about as far away from God as they possibly could. Maybe even asked the question, where is God now? But right at the depth of their despair, right in the muck of their doubt and confusion. At the exact moment when they felt most abandoned by God, they were never closer to him. They were walking with him. They were talking with him. They were being instructed by him. He came into their house. He broke bread with them and he led them back to the church, most of it without them even realizing that it was taking place. When life is rough, and life is rough from time to time. When things seem to be going wrong, and things go wrong from time to time, when it seems like God is not there, nor is he helpful, remember the road to Emmaus. You may never have been closer to God than you are in your broken moments. It isn't about what you feel. Sometimes it isn't about what you think you know. Remember, the disciples thought they knew everything. God is not a feeling, nor is he a pile of facts. He is your Savior. God is our Father. He is our life. And he is there. He can't not not be there. And if he seems far away, do what the disciples did. Pray learn, seek counsel, celebrate the sacraments, contemplate, be patient, trust, and return.